Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand praise in this place. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's bless our God in this place. Amen. Before I get into the word, let me just share something with you. This is what I know about God. When God starts to talk about faith, it's because he's trying to do some big things. And Jesus, I, I was as I've been studying this series, what I'm learning is I've learned a lot why Christian people struggle. Because Christian people say they have faith. But this is what people don't realize about faith. Faith is substance. And if substance means something you can touch, feel, smell, taste. So we can't say we have faith if things not changing. Listen to me. You can study your Bible from the time Jesus started his ministry forward. Nobody came in contact with him and something didn't change. But this is what's hurting the modern generation. We live in this ADHD society. We get distracted so fast. And we can't discern the move of God. Because we got so many things pulling at our attention. We got somebody say, for right now, I ain't got nothing going on. Everybody like it's a fad to say I got a lot going on. And people be having so much going on, they miss God. And God can be right. See, when the glory of God is in your midst, you have to discern it. And when you discern it, you got to stop everything you're doing and make sure you get out of that glory why it showed up that day. I just said something right there. You better get your mind locked in on what God is doing and what God is saying. I remember when God wrote that church in Revelations. He said, he that has an ear, let him hear. I looked in the scripture so many times and I see Jesus' ministry. There's no reason the, 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 the anointing and the glory of Christ to show up. And you leave that the way you came. Y'all listening to what I'm saying? There's no reason you should leave the presence of God the way you came before it showed up. No way. But the only way that happens is if you're not paying attention and you're not focused and you're not concentrating. Amen? So we're going to start this I Believe series. Get y'all a shirt, and I want y'all to get it. Get it with Lottie. I'm going to be doing it this week, the week after, and the week after. Three straight weeks, three different messages within this series. And listen to me. Let me tell you what God is expecting to see. Miracles signs wonders the resurrection of the Acts church is here y'all heard what I just said and what my fear is a lot of people gonna miss it it always happens when God starts to do things people miss it because they think so many other things are more important there's nothing more important than what God is doing y'all heard what I just said but there's nothing more important than what God is doing. Amen. So we can ready to pray. And as we get ready to pray. Amen. And listen, I got messages that God has given me, but I'm gonna, it's going to be a hybrid of some freestyling in there. Because whenever the spirit of God shows me things, I got to move on it. 
Amen. There's things that God is going to reveal as we preaching about faith. Even you online, I pray that you would tune in and lock in. Because what, what I'm learning about faith, number one, there's no problem you face as a human that faith can't solve. Y'all heard what I said? And listen, here's a trick of the enemy as we get ready to go into this. He will make people feel like they got to be worthy to get the move. You know, 90% of the people that Jesus healed showed no gratitude. They showed no desire to follow what he taught. He healed 10 lepers. One. 10% of those lepers turned around and said, thank you. 10%. 90% of the people kept going. In one passage, he healed a woman that was a Syrophoenician. He called her a dog. He was speaking about her character, her lifestyle. She had no desire to live a holy life, but she had faith. <laughs> and that's what, you know, part of my assignment is I've got to break a lot of these religious barriers because we try to qualify people for God's services and filter them through our belief system. But we missed the ministry of Jesus. He helped and healed everybody that believed in him. He didn't filter them through a religious system before he helped them. It was his compassion and he just helped everybody. Y'all better catch that. He helped everybody. So we're going to pray and then somebody say, I believe. Somebody say, I believe. Somebody say, I won't leave here the same. Faith is about building an expectation. What are you expecting God to do? God said, I want to do big things, so you got to believe me big. One time, a man was sitting by a pool for 38 years. The Bible says he was in that predicament for 38 years. Faith says, I don't care how long I've been in this predicament. The anointing is here. The title of today's message is, It's Alive. What's alive? Faith is alive. See, a lot of believers say they have faith, but they don't realize faith is a verb. It's not a noun. A noun is a person, place, or thing. But a verb is an action word. Many people say they have faith, but they have no action. The writer in Hebrew say, now, present tense, faith is verb substance. Meaning faith is alive. And when you face a barrier, faith don't see barriers. Faith see results. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these wonderful people, these wonderful believers. I, I thank you for them, God. I pray that every believer can, number one, pinpoint their barriers, their mountains, their problems, their obstacles, and find in their heart some hope today to believe you. But Lord Jesus, you went in one place and the Bible says it like this. 
You couldn't do many miracles there because they didn't believe. Not that you can't do miracles. Not that you don't want to do miracles. Not that your power has diminished. Not that your grace has diminished. Everything about you is still as strong and as potent as it was when you created the world. So the problem is not on your end, oh God. There's things you want to transfer from heaven to earth. Then the only way you can transfer these things is by faith. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Oh God. God, faith comes by hearing. I feel you, Holy Ghost. I feel you all in this place. Speak through me, God. And speak a word to your precious people so that every infirmity, every sickness, every bondage, every barrier, every mountain, every obstacle, every problem that we face would be destroyed because of your anointing. But that can't happen except we walk by faith. For Paul, the apostle said it like this. He said, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Build our faith. The scripture says, God, that we can build our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And God, what I'm learning, God, in these last days, God, that the the Holy Ghost itself is under a serious attack from the kingdom of darkness. The enemy don't want us being filled with the Holy Ghost. He don't want us praying in the Holy Ghost. Because so he has launched a lot of confusion, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of darts, a lot of wicked conversations to cause your people not to receive the Holy Ghost. And then when they receive it, not to pray in it and walk in it. But Paul said, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And so, Father God, I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost of God would be unleashed in his purest form. For we are now in the administration (laughs) of the Holy Ghost. You have sent the Holy Ghost to govern your New Testament church. And we are not going to be a people to quench him. For many people think God quenching the spirit is just quenching the dance or quenching a shout no God is quenching the administration of the Holy Ghost quenching his miracles quenching his signs quenching his wonders quenching his direction quenching his infilling God you have a people God that have no desire to stop the God ordained ministration of the Holy Ghost and now Lord I beseech you confirm your word with signs following just like you did in the book of Acts. You may be seated. Somebody say miracles, signs, wonders. I hope y'all believe like that today. Listen, somebody say I believe. So I'm going to take a few moments just to give you some teaching and then I'm going to preach something to you. One of my favorite passages. So somebody take some notes if you take them in your phone, however you want to take them. And this is one of the greatest tricks of the enemy 
Biblical illiteracy will keep you bound. Y'all heard what I said? Biblical illiteracy will keep you bound. Number one, it will keep you from walking in everything that God has promised for your life. So you've got you to gotta learn how to take the hearing of God's word. You've got to reverence that. Because one word from God can literally change your life. All right? Somebody write this down. The pillars of faith. Pillars of faith. The title today is It's Alive. And we're going to, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to run through some notes. And the pillars of faith. Number one, the first pillar of faith is hope. Hope. Hope simply means what are you believing God to do? A lot of times we don't even identify or diagnose what exactly we believing for. The Bible says you are saved by hope. Hope is something that you can't see, but it's something you believe in for. How many of you believe in God for something? How many of you need God to do something? Or do you know exactly what you need God to do? Do you know precisely what you believe God to do? Do you believe that God wants to do it for you? Do you believe that God can do it for you? Do you believe that he will do it for you? Now let me show you how you know you believe. If you really believe, your energy will reflect it. If you, if you really believe, you're going to see it in your energy. You're going to see it in your attitude. You can look at the obstacle, but your energy is going to reflect it's already done. Paul said, as having nothing but possessing all things. Meaning Paul was broke, but he walked like a billionaire. I'm trying to take you somewhere. And I just felt something drop on me. All right, Holy Ghost. That was good. I just felt that. Ooh, y'all feel that? Ooh, I feel that. Somebody say there's a miracle with my name on it. All right, y'all can sit there like y'all want, like God not trying to save your children, like he's not about to break the bondage that's in your bloodline. You can sit there like you want to, but see, that's how people miss it because I'm telling you, Heaven is trying to get something to you. And if you don't grab a hold to this teaching series, you're going to stay the way you are. Listen, y'all see this young lady right here? You lift your hand up. See, there's something up on you. It got a burden. There's a weight up on you. It's going to break today. Y'all believe what I just said? It's going to break today. 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 Hope is the number one pillar of faith. You've got to have a hope. Hope is simply, God, I'm believing you for something. And I'm literally tired of this obstacle in my life. The second pillar of faith, which is one of my favorite, is called diligence. The Bible says, you got to believe that he is a rewarder of them that. Do you know what diligent means? 
Diligence means I ain't stop until I get it. Diligence means I'm not going to quit until I obtain what this Bible says I'm supposed to obtain. Diligent is the works part of faith. One man said this, I have faith. And another man said, I have works. James said it like this. He said, show me your faith by your works. People say, I believe God all the time, but it's not reflected in what they're doing. Faith will cause you to do something. Faith will cause you to travel. Faith will cause you to drive. Faith will cause you to study. Faith will cause you to fast. Faith will cause you to read, to pray. Even when it don't seem like it's about to break, faith will cause you to, somebody say, faith is alive. Somebody say, I'm not going to stop till I get it. And somebody say, I'm going to walk like I already have. got to walk like he already did it. What do you mean? You can't walk around in defeat and depression and, and gloom because God hasn't done it yet. You got to, people don't realize when the Bible says wait on the Lord, he's talk, he not talking about sit on that pew and wait till he do it. No, he's talking about keep singing, keep praying, keep fasting, keep believing, keep on doing exactly what you were doing until what you believe it for materialize. Anybody can serve God when it's already done, but God is looking for people that's going to serve him even when he didn't do it yet. Diligent. And the third pillar of faith, now this is the part right here to determine if you've got faith. It's called substance. Substance is when what you believe in for actually materializes. Substance means I can touch it. Substance means my blood pressure was 150 over 110. I'm believing God to regulate it. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. And substance is when it's 120 over 80. 120 over 80 is the manifestation of what you've been believing for. But the works is I'm going to leave this sodium alone. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start eating right. That's you walking out what you believe. And then one day you're going to put that cuff on and it's going to say 120 over 80. That's called the substance of what you're believing for. Faith is not just believing. Faith is the completion of faith is when it actually happens. Faith, is, faith it says this. I'm believing God for this business. The work says right now the business plan. The substance is when them customers coming through that door. You can't say I have faith and nothing is materializing. Nothing is developing. Nothing is changing. Faith is not you just walking around with this thing in your mind that you want God to do. Faith has phases to it. You may say, man, I've been battling depression. Faith is going to say, put some good music on. To make melody in your heart, singing songs to the Lord. You may still hear that voice of depression talking to you. 
But you're still putting on your gospel music. You're still coming to church. You're still trusting God. You, one day something going to hit you, and because you didn't stop believing, you're going to feel God take that heavy garment off of you and exchange it with a garment of praise. This is where the church is hurting because she don't understand that the substance is the completion of faith. And what hurts the church is she don't, nobody want to admit that I don't have faith. It's a cliche to say I'm a believer and I have faith. Listen to me dearly, beloved. You don't have faith if things not changing. And until you get honest and, and accept the fact that your faith is not, see, nothing can come from heaven to earth except it comes through the portal of faith. Faith is literally the portal when God brings from heaven to earth what he wants to bring. Not the Bible says without faith is impossible to please God. All God is saying is I can't transfer this healing to you because you don't believe. He said I can't transfer this wisdom to you because you don't believe it. Do you know how many downloads heaven have for you right now? Over this last week I've been getting all kinds of alerts on my phone. The software update is available. This morning, I, got, I saw it last night, but I didn't plug it in. So my phone said I couldn't make the download because you wasn't hooked to a charger. The faith is the charger. You can never get downloads if you're not plugged in. Faith is the plug. Faith is the portal. Faith is what connects you. And God can have all of the information and the downloads and the wisdom. All the things you desire is right there sitting on top of your head. And until you understand faith, nothing can be downloaded to you. Oh, my God. Faith is not just a hope. It's substance. Oh, my God. Somebody say, I believe. Now, let me read you a story. Literally, one of my favorite stories. And I'm about to show you that this is missing. Let's go to Mark. Let me get this scripture for you, this passage right here. So y'all got the pillars of faith, hope, diligence, or works, and substance. Amen? I see people come sometimes and they want to be filled with God's spirit. And they say, well, I'm a believer. Listen, receiving the Holy Ghost is not hard, y'all. You just got to believe it. Whenever you feel God's spirit coming up over you and God is trying to pour it, just believe it. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Just believe it because it can happen to you. God want to give you that. Jesus say, fear not, little flock. It's your good, God's good pleasure. To he want to give you his kingdom. You think God likes seeing your family member in the hospital bed with a terminal illness? You think that's what God want to see? You think God want to see you walking in depression, especially after you've pro professed to people you know you are a believer? Do you think that's God's will to see his children 
not walking in the fullness and the power that he has designed for them? Before I read Mark, <laughs> I need somebody that's Shannon, stand up. I want y'all to see something. I gotta put some. Come stand right here. Right there. Right in the front. I want y'all to see something. Yeah, right there. Now I want you to 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 bend over like like you got like hunchback. You know what a hunchback look like? Just like a hunchback. All right, just come stand right here. <laughs> now you got a hunchback. A little more. Okay. Right there. All right, stay like that. Jesus is in church. And he's teaching, he's preaching. And he see a woman in church, Abraham's daughter. And she's hunchback. She's bowed down. She's got a spirit of infirmity on her. And he looks at that woman and he says, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Stand up straight. All right. Now stand up straight. Shoulders back. All right. Jesus tells the woman, he said, you are loose from your infirmity. The, the religious people start looking and they say, why are you doing that on a Sunday? Religion is one of the main barriers of faith right now. <laughs> because if it don't look how they want it to look, they can't receive it. They started coming after Jesus and they say, why are you doing this to this woman on a Sunday? They say, listen here. Which one of you, if you have a sheep, fell in a ditch on a Sunday, you're not going to go get her out of the ditch? The, Jesus said, then he turned and he said, okay, for you religious people, let me give you some word. Shall not this woman whom Satan has bound. Y'all catch this. Satan had literally put a spirit of infirmity on Abraham's daughter. Meaning you can be a believer. Doctrine is on your side that you're not supposed to have a spirit of infirmity. But if you don't have faith, you can have things in your life illegally. It was illegal for Satan to, to have that spirit of infirmity on Abraham's daughter. Jesus, so this woman would go to the doctor and her medical records would show the evidence of the sickness she had. They would see manifested in her physical body where her limbs were uh, not functioning right. Her back, her spine had a hump in it. If you, if you looked at the x-ray, you could literally see the physical damage this spirit was doing. Listen, a lot of you have demonic things in your life that's not supposed to be there. You are a believer. You are a Christian. But because you don't have faith, depression in your life is illegal. Let sit down. Poverty in your life is illegal. You got things in your life that the kingdom of darkness has planted in your life. And because you don't know your spiritual rights, Satan is illegally fighting you. 
It's not even legal what he's doing to you. But if you don't educate yourself on your legal rights in the kingdom, you will accept what the devil is doing. Jesus said, here I am preaching to God's people. And as I look at God's people, I see Abraham's daughter with a spirit of infirmity making her body bow over. The doctors and physicians was looking for all kind of things to cure a demonic problem. Some things are just sicknesses that come. But a lot of things we're facing are the devil illegally planting things in our life. And you got to ask God to discern the difference. If there's something in your life illegally there, you need the Holy Ghost to quicken you and say, that's not supposed to be there. And then what you are supposed to do, because you are, see, this is what people don't realize. I've got to give you some of these doctrinal legal things, because this is what people don't realize. When you turn to Christ and you born again, he has, y'all, how many of you ever heard of the Lamb's Book of Life? Okay. Do y'all know what that is? Anybody ever been to school, you remember when you were little, and the teacher would come out with her roll book? <laughs> And she come out with a roll book and she would start going through the class. And they would say, Monique. Monique would say, here. She would make a check. Shannon, here. Britt, here. And he would just go down. The teacher would just go down her roll book and just check off the names as she called them. Well, the lamb has a roll book. And when you turn to him as a believer, he takes your name and is written in the Lamb's book of life. So legally, when you go in the Lamb's book of life, there are some things that you are entitled to because of where your name is written that's supposed to come to you automatically. And the Lord says, son, I have too many people whose name is in my roll book that Satan has bound. That's a lot to process, huh? You are in the Lamb's roll book suffering from depression, addictions, bondages, poverty, lack. Jesus said, I didn't come to this world for you to stay in lack. He said, I came to give you life and to give it to you in its abundant form. He said, everything about God is good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Oh, my God. Let's go to this in Mark. Let me show y'all something. And the only way you can access what's yours is by what? Somebody say, I believe. Is your name in the roll book in heaven? Okay. So if your name is in the roll book, can you honestly say that there are some things in your life you don't need God to move? See what I'm saying? Our name's in the roll book, but we're not walking in the fullness. You're not walking in everything you're entitled to. No Christian should be bound. 
No Christian should be struggling with pornography and alcohol addictions and crack and heroin and cigarettes. If you are a believer in Christ, there's no reason why you should be in bondage of any form. No Christian should be struggling with depression. None. See, some people going to get mad at me. That's okay. And what I love about faith is this. Jesus would tell somebody, according to your faith, be it unto you. You know what I love about that statement? It causes people to be accountable for the condition of their life. What he is saying is you experience God according to your faith. Your experience with God is based upon your faith only. It's not based upon your pastor. It's not based upon your religion. It's not based upon your denomination. Your experience with God is based upon your faith level. Don't you know faith can do anything? When I was reading Hebrews chapter 11, what I'm learning about faith is it can literally solve every problem. One time Jesus was talking to his disciples. Ooh, this one right here took me out. And they say, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother? <laughs> Seven times? And they say, Jesus say, uh-uh. Uh-uh, not seven times. Seventy times seven. He was saying, I want you to walk in a spirit of forgiveness. I want them to be forgiven before they apologize. He said, if you get a, you can't even get human, it's not even mathematically humanly possible to get offended 70 times, seven times in one day. That's 490 times. It's not even possible to have 490 human interactions of offense in 24 hours. It's not even possible. So what he was trying to tell you is I'm trying to call you to walk to a higher order of living to where you forgive them before they even hurt you. You forgive them before they apologize. You are forgiven because forgiveness is my character. And you know what they said after that? Lord, help our faith. You forgive by faith. Oh, got quiet right there. A lot of people walking around missing their fullness of God waiting on an apology. Listen, y'all, you can't, I, you can't restrict me because I done forgave you already. There's no heart. I don't have, you can't serve God with grudges in your heart. So I'm not going to let a grudge get in my heart because that means I got to sit down and I can't do what I'm called to do. Because he said, if you and your brother got an art, he said, leave your gift at the altar and fix it. So what Jesus is saying, I'm trying to give you some liberty. Forgive so you can keep serving. Oh my God, I'm trying to help somebody. Let's go to Mark. This is a beautiful scripture right here. Y'all, I'm creating an atmosphere for God to move. You see what I'm saying? By preaching words of faith, it's creating an environment for the Holy Ghost to move. Amen? So let's look at this in Mark. This is a beautiful scripture. I love it so much. Mark chapter 2. 
We're going to go to the NLT, and we're going to go from verses 1 to 12. Y'all follow me? Mark chapter 2. Let me take my time and give you that. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, NLT. Follow me through this story. <laughs> Beautiful. And you're going to see all the pillars of faith that I just gave you. When Jesus returned to Capernaum seven days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Somebody say the glory is here. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word, while he was even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Think about this, y'all. Jesus, imagine I'm standing here preaching. I'm preaching to you today. I'm teaching you things about the kingdom of God. And in the midst of me teaching you, four men come up and show up at the door with a man paralyzed laying on his mat. He laying on his mat. And while he laying on his mat, he realized when he get to the building, he can't get in. He can't get in the door because people are in the way of the door. He can't even get in the house. But in his heart, his faith is so strong. His brother's faith are so strong. They, see, faith will cause you not to see a barrier. Listen, when you got real faith, faith will cause your mind to get creative on how to get to God. While he was preaching, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Faith don't see barriers. Y'all heard what I just said? Faith don't see barriers. These people literally climbed. They started. I can see this. They said, okay. This was faith talking. Okay, number one, I am not leaving the presence of Jesus paralyzed. That's settled. Because I didn't, we didn't come this far to leave the same way. So it's settled. Something going to happen today. Like, something going to happen. Like, something is going to, that's concluded. I'm not leaving here without the Holy Ghost. That's happening today. So they show up and can't get in. They can't get in. They can't get in. They can't get in. You want to start your business, but you're looking at all them student loans. The, a mind without faith going to say, I can never start a business. I got student loans. Faith going to say, some kind of way God going to help me get these loans out of my way. Some kind of way, some kind of way. Some, some kind of way, something is going to happen where this barrier is going to be moved. Faith says some kind of way. So they get to the door, they get to the door, they got the man on the bed, and they start surveying the house to see the layout. And they say, one of them say, I tell you what we're going to do. This roof coming off. Jesus just standing there preaching. He just standing there teaching. All of a sudden, three men walking on the roof. And he just hears somebody walking. Then all of a sudden, while he's teaching, shingles start flying. Boards start flying. 
And Jesus, I can imagine him sitting there preaching, and he see a shingle go this way, a board go this way. And all he just looking, and he was like, what in the world? When the men got the roof off, let me tell you what they did. They, they tore the roof off, then they found a way to get the man in the paralyzed bed on top of the roof. They found a way to get on top of the roof. The paralyzed man gets on top of the roof. Now all of a sudden, they're grabbing a corner of his sheets and they're just letting him down in front of Jesus. Let me show you what Jesus said. <laughs> then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. The Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus didn't see four men. What did he see? The Bible never said he saw four men. But the Bible says, seeing their faith. What, what, what am I saying? God sees faith by your actions. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith, meaning because they were so determined, they wouldn't stop, they wouldn't quit. God said, you know what? If this man is going to go through all of this effort to get healed, there's literally no way I'm going to let him leave unhealed. The Bible didn't record Jesus saw people say Jesus saw faith. What are you saying, preacher? James says, show me your faith by your works. That's what a lot of Christians missing. That's why a lot of Christians are not experiencing the fullness of God. Because people say they have faith and they do nothing. People say they have faith and they don't consecrate times of fasting and prayer. Faith will make you fast. Faith will make you pray for two, three hours till you get it. Faith will make you call somebody and say, pray with me. Now, this is something as I walk through this story, this is what I started to think about. Number one, you got to get people in your life that's going to believe the crazy things you believe. Y'all heard what I just said? That didn't even make sense to tell Rufo. If one of those four people would have said, you crazy. We're not going to tear a roof off. No, all four of them collectively have to have the same heart, the same mind, the same belief system. If you got one person in your corner whose faith is not like yours, you need to evaluate that relationship. Because one weak link in your circle can cause you to stay bound. All it takes is one voice of doubt to plant a seed of doubt in your mind. You need all four people to collectively say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. There's a way, there's a way, there's a way. Relationships shouldn't be defined on blood. They should be defined on faith. Because a lot of times, your blood is going to be the main ones doubting what you see. Y'all better talk to Joseph. God showed Joseph a thing, and who put him in the pit? His brothers. Joseph got put in the pit, and one day Joseph was walking, and they say, what does this dreamer going to say? What is he going to say today? 
If, Joe, if you listen to the people around you that don't believe like you, eventually they're going to be like vampires and suck all of your faith out. Y'all listen to me. Faith will make you the first one to do it. Faith will cause you to be the first one in your family to do it. Faith will cause you to break barriers that people in your family scared to break. You know how many people graduate college and say, I'm the first one that went to college. Somebody got to break it. And faith is what's going to cause you to be the one to break it. Oh, my God. You need to evaluate everybody you run with, everybody you hang with. Because the places where God is trying to take you, you only going to get there by faith. And you don't need anybody around you speaking against what you know God's showing you in your heart. This is what causes a lot of people not to experience what God wants. It's called public opinion. People, because I, I get the challenge. It's hard to break that barrier. Because it's easy to please who you can see. And because they're in your home and because you can see them, you can hear their voice. So you can't hear faith. Faith is a spirit. The vision is a spirit. It lives in the spiritual realm. And the people around you, if they don't see what you see, they're going to speak against what you see. Oh, my God. Look what happened. The Bible said they lowered this man in the front of Jesus, and Jesus said, what he said? My child, your sins are forgiven. Listen, sin, y'all better catch this. This is why sin is so dangerous. Sin gives the devil legal access to your life. Legally, sin brings you on his turf. Y'all listening? Sin brings you on his ground. Sin brings, that's where sin, when you, when you allow sin to be in your life, it literally gives him the legal right to put things in your life. He legally can do those things. And also, look what else happened. Oh, but y'all catch this part right here, please. <laughs> to the average human, sin is pleasure. But in the educational side of sin, sin have packages. Sin comes with packages. Y'all heard what I just said? Sin comes with consequences. Sin comes with bondages. Sin comes with, it comes with addictions. See, when you first see it, it's just a pleasure. It's just something you want to try. But it's literally opening you and your lineage up to things that can legally be there. This man was paralyzed. Y'all catch this. This man was paralyzed. But Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> he didn't say, you are healed of your paralysis. He went to the root that caused the paralysis the right to be there. 
I know that's kind of heavy, but I want you to catch it. <laughs> he didn't say you are, he didn't say you are healed of your paralysis. He said, let me deal with the cause of your paralysis. The cause of your paralysis is because somebody somewhere who you connected to brought this sin in your environment. And with it, a byproduct of that sin is paralysis. Sin can register on an x-ray. Sin can register on an MRI. What do you mean? (laughs) If the enemy has legal right to bring sicknesses and diseases and all of this in our life, when we go to the doctor and they identify what our sickness is, and they, but they can't say your sins are forgiven. They can go in the medical world to try to help you. But you don't need a pharmacist. You need Jesus. <laughs> Jesus want to lower your medical bills. I know this is kind of heavy today, but that's okay. We've got to be educated because once we get educated, the devil can't do nothing with us. Because when you're not educated in scripture, you will accept what he does. But when you start getting educated, you will start walking after what's rightfully yours. Oh, my God. Let me finish this passage up. I don't even have to preach long today. Some of the teachers, now... Here is going to be some of your biggest challenge. Some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Some of your biggest obstacles in the Christian world is going to come from people that think they know God. Y'all have no idea that some of the biggest barriers to the move of the Holy Ghost is Satan. This is what he has done. The Bible says that Satan has set up ministers that appear as angels of light. Bad teaching will keep you bound. And what the Christian community has to do is become so studious Because if you allow bad teaching to be in your life, it can cause you not to access what's yours. Somebody say, I'm not going to be lazy no more. Somebody say, I'm going to study my word so that I can know what's mine. The teachers of religious law, they started saying, well, how can Jesus forgive sins? And look what happened. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. One of the hardest bondages to come out of is religion. It's so hard. Because look what Paul did, church. (laughs) Paul was killing Christians. And he felt like he was doing God a service. In his heart, somebody would say, Jesus... And he would hear that name, and he would take people and throw them in prison. And he literally felt like he was being sincere, he was being honest, and he felt like he was blocking the devil 
from bringing in something erroneous. Until Jesus himself had to shine his humongous light and knock him off a horse. And look what he said. He said, Paul, I'm Jesus who you persecute. Look what Paul said. He said, who are you? What Paul was saying was, I don't even know who you are, though I thought I was doing your will. You've got to be able to discern that, people. Everybody that say they of God is not of God. So just because somebody say they of God, that doesn't mean they have the right to speak into your life. Your soul has to become so valuable to you that you don't just let anybody speak into your life. Look what the, the teachers of religious law, look what they begin to say. They said this right here. This really touched. Jesus knew that thought. He said, why do you question this in your hearts? This is what you got to know. If you are questioning God's move, then you got to learn how to categorize yourself. You got Jesus say, why? Look, 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 look what happened. This is what hurts me. This is what hurts me. This is what hurts me. I want y'all to think about this. <laughs> A man was paralyzed. The man got healed of paralysis. The religious people were not concerned that the man got healed for paralysis. They were concerned about how Jesus did it. How can we say we are of God and we question people's freedom? If somebody is getting free by Christ, think about what you're saying. You are more concerned about the legalities than the freedom. I don't care if God frees somebody under the bridge. I don't care. You don't have to come to the house of freedom to get free. God can free you wherever he chooses to free you. Who am I to say, well, you don't come to the house of freedom so you can't get free? What you talking about? Do I care about building a brand or do I care about humans? Y'all may not think that mean a lot, but that is big. This man was paralyzed. The man got free from paralysis. And the people that sat in church that was supposedly be full of the love of God were more concerned with how he did it than his freedom. Somebody say that's disgusting. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Because the reason that hurts me so much is here you are. <laughs> you get up and you walk in church. I got to get somebody to carry me on a bed. I can't even get up and walk in church. You can just walk in. You can come and go as you want. And you're more concerned about how Jesus healed me than I can walk and do for myself. Do you see how selfish people can be? The man got free and they were concerned about how he got free. This man like, look, man. I've been laying on this. I can't even get a job. People got to carry me everywhere I go. And all you concerned about is I got free, but it can't be right because I didn't get free at your church.
Y'all, House of Freedom gonna have a lot of enemies. I'm gonna just warn y'all. I'm gonna just warn y'all. Because every time I sense religion, I'm destroying it. Like, I'm going at its ugly head. Because the reason is because there is no filter between God and man. And all these denominations and all that is is creating barriers for people to get to Christ. Here Jesus had to slow down out of teaching about the kingdom and healing the man to give an explanation to people that were more concerned about how he did it than the result the man got. He literally had to slow down and deal with that. He says, stand up. He said, now look what he said. He said, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up and pick up your mat and walk? He says, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up. He grabbed his mat. And he walked out through the stunned onlookers. You got to have enough courage about yourself to pick up your mat and get right in the face of the onlookers and say, no, I didn't get it how you think I was going to get it, but God did this for me, and I don't owe you no explanation. Where were you when I was in bondage? Where were you when my lights was turned off? Where were you when this depression was battling me? Where were you? Now you concerned about how I did it? Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Watch the show. Watch the show. The Bible says, listen, the man came in the church paralyzed like this. He came laying on the mat. He left church carrying his mat. Now, this is what he was walking through. He was walking through a crowd of Pharisees holding his mat. Not one of those Pharisees. Help them tear that roof off. <laughs> Not one of them Pharisees picked up his mat and helped him get on top of the house. See, that's how people are going to be. They're not going to be concerned about you being free. They're going to be concerned how you got free. Why you didn't help me? <laughs> if you're concerned about my freedom, why you didn't help me find it? So if God has free you, why are you concerned with giving an explanation? God say this is a season of no explaining. Who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. God say I'm calling you into a season to where I'm going to do great things and you're going to have onlookers, you're going to have critics, you're going to have haters. Don't waste your time to explain to nobody how you got free from crack and hair wrong and poverty. You don't owe nobody an explanation. Walk in your freedom. God say, y'all slowing me down. God say, stop slowing me down. All these explanations and arguments and conversations. You're slowing me down. I'm trying to free my people and you want me to explain how I'm doing it. The Lord says, listen, I feel heaven speaking right here. The Lord said, I don't owe nobody an explanation. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what the Holy Ghost is saying. Heaven don't have to explain why he <laughs> delivered a man from crack. Heaven don't have to explain. If God want to heal somebody of cancer, that's his business. 
The church gonna say, well, you're not perfect. You're not righteous. How you got healed? How you got this? Man, we moving into a season where God don't have time to be explaining what he's doing. God don't have time to be explaining to you what he's doing. People dying. People got a depression. People oppressed. People battling demons. And instead of you worrying about people getting free, you worrying about how they getting free. I say we moving past that season. Them days over with. A book of Acts church don't have time to be doing all that explaining. The devil come out with how you did it. Well, what you mean how I did it? This, you, the man been battling a demon, a suicide spirit. God, Jesus then cast that deaf and dumb spirit out. What do you got to explain that for? Oh, my God. So I can see Jesus right here and say, okay, okay, okay. I mean, I mean, I mean what, what you want me to say? I mean, I, I mean, what's easy? You want me to say forgiven or you want me to tell him pick up his mat? I mean, you want, I hear the Lord saying I did that 2,000 years ago. I'm not doing that today. 2,000 years ago, he had to go back and forth with him. You know how many people dying while we arguing? The man jumped up and walked through the stunned onlookers, and they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. That's the season we're getting ready to move into. You're going to see a lot of we've never seen anything like this before. God is ready to do some things that you've never seen before. God is ready to do some things that you've never seen before. I say God is ready to do some things that you've never seen before. And when he starts doing things in your life that has never been seen, I don't want you slowing down to explain it. There are sicknesses that the enemy has thrown into 2020 that was not there when Paul walked. So now God is going to do some things that has never been seen before. God say, I'm getting ready to do some things that's never been seen before. He said, I'm getting ready to do some things that's never been seen before. But the people were sitting there and all of a sudden a man went to church paralyzed and left praising God. That has never been seen before. God getting ready to turn a crackhead into an investment banker. He said, I'll take the beggar out of the dung hill and set him amongst kings. Listen to me, y'all. There's a lot of gifted people that sin has ruined. Oh, but let me tell you what the Holy Ghost say. He say, when I break the sin off, I'm going to resurrect the gifting that the devil tried to steal. He say, the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. He come to steal your gifts and your talents and your resources and your wisdom and your intellect. He say, but when I break off of you all of the bondages of the enemy, I'm going to restore back to you. He say, what the canker worm ate. What the caterpillar ate. What the palmer worm ate. 
They used to have this commercial when I was growing up, and they would put this egg in a frying pan. Y'all saw that? And they put that egg in a frying pan, and they says, this is your brain on drugs. And I can stand before you and say I smoked so much weed, I started feeling like I was dumb. You're talking about a person that from the time I entered the school system, I was in every gifted class that was ever offered. From kindergarten, preschool, all the way through high school and college. <laughs> Every gifted class they had, and my family can bear a record to that. I was known to be gifted. I started smoking weed and I would read and it was like I couldn't understand just simple stuff. I started making bad grades in college and I'm like, why in the world am I struggling with learning? I never had that problem. But then I gave my life to God, and God started to restore my mind. I started to read again, and it was easy. And I could feel everything that the world was robbing me of. I felt it coming back. I went back to college, and I was sitting in a class that was hard at UL. It was an accounting class. And I started getting it. I started zipping through it. I, I, I got to the point where the teacher was coming, and she was like, Man, I want you to be an accountant. And at that moment, I realized, I say, man, my mind has been restored. <laughs> I say, man, God has given me my intelligence back. The Bible said, I give you love, power, and a sound mind. The many of you, when you go into the world, you get involved in things, and the enemy attacks your mind because he wants you to start thinking you can't learn no more. You can't read. You can't, and it becomes challenging to you. But God is going to restore that back to you. Some of you were gifted growing up, but you got involved. Listen, y'all, sin is a robber. It's a thief. And imagine this. Can somebody go back once you scramble an egg and unscramble it and put it back in the yolk? Well, why I got my mind back? <laughs> Humans can't do that. As long as you stay on the devil territory legally, he can keep your intellect from you. But once you turn and give your mind and your heart back to God, listen, God can literally go in your brain cells and restore all of the damage that was done in the world. Listen, you forgot that this is the same God that put Adam to sleep, anesthesia. You forgot he gave Adam that anesthesia. Y'all think that come from humans? No, the first anesthetic surgery was performed by God. He put this man under anesthesia to make sure he didn't feel none of the pain of the operation. He opened up his body. No blood loss, no IV, nothing like that. He put this man in surgery, opened up his side, pulled a rib out, and created a human and then woke him up. He didn't feel no pain. Human beings operate on you and they say, you need three weeks to cover. You're going to be sore. You need this pain med. Adam woke up like he never went in surgery. Somebody say, I believe. <laughs> he put him to sleep. But the Bible say he called him a, he put him in a deep sleep. 
that means he put him under. And I can see the Lord, the doctor walking up to him. And I can see the angels around him, his nurses. And he said, give me the scapula. The nurse, the angel handed him the scapula. He cut. Then he said, give me this. Give me that too. And he pulled that rib out. And then he looked at that from, look what he did. He had one rib in his hand. And from one rib, he created another human. The man, he had a chemical balance. He had more testosterone. The woman, he tipped the chemicals and gave her more estrogen. And he changed her insides. And he changed her hair. And he created out of the man a woman with a different physical composition so that they together can carry out their assignment. He did it from a rib. You know what always impressed me about that story? Not one time did he ask Adam, how you want Eve to look? We pick partners out of the flesh and not the spirit. When you trust God, he know everything about you. He know who belongs to you. I have weaknesses that she compliment. When I was young, I didn't even know who she was. In some kind of way, she disappears. And 23 years later, she's still there. That was a divine design. Warning. Linking up with the wrong person can set your life back forever. You can be in a rush, but you rush into a setback. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. If you can have enough discipline and patience and wait for God to bring you your Eve, And let me speak to something that's a modern spirit. Listen, y'all. And everybody know I'm not a misogynist. I'm not against feminine. I'm not against women doing anything. But the Bible says he that finds a wife. He. I got you. I'm with you. He that finds a wife. Ladies, just do like this. Like put a pin to your head. I'm releasing some pressure off you. I'm about to release some pressure off you. He's supposed to find you. You're not supposed to be hunting for him. He supposed to find you. Don't lower your standards. Don't go in too fast. Don't give up something. I got children in here. Don't give up something because you're trying to hold on to somebody. No, you are more valuable than that. Ungodly man is not going to pressure you to give up something before the time. That's not proving you love him. That's called lowering your standards felt that. A godly man is not going to pressure you 
to get outside of how God has called you to live. If a man is in church pressing you to cross them lines, I say if a man is in church pressing you to cross them lines, I've been seeing on social media this thing called red flags. That's a red flag. Wave the red flag. Warning. Well, Lord, I don't see enough men in House of Freedom. Okay. Now the Holy Ghost just gave me that. The devil using that to make you get impatient and desperate. He might not be in House of Freedom, but that don't mean he not somewhere. The Bible say, marry who you will only if you're in House of Freedom. I love this church. <laughs> I love this church. He didn't say, marry whom you will long as they go to your church. They don't say that. They say, marry whomsoever you will as long as y'all both in the Lord. But now if you get somebody that's from somewhere, at least you got to let people inspect them. Because he doctor can inspect them now or we'll be talking about it later. See? We, we got to learn how to do preventative. Wisdom is a preventative health tactic. You see, that's another red flag. See? See? And if you are humble enough to allow people to help you inspect, be humble enough to receive the results of the inspection. Somebody say, by faith, I will marry the right person. Let them find you. Oh, my God. Somebody say, by faith, I won't become a victim of loneliness. Ooh, I felt that. We release, see, we just, we releasing some things. See, you can do it by faith. The Bible said, through Christ, I can do all things because he's going to give me the strength. Amen? He's going to give you the strength, man. So the Bible said this man, now y'all stand up. We about done with that. Somebody say, I believe. Now listen, be humble enough to know if you don't have substance, you don't have faith. Can we be humble enough to say that? Because faith is substance. Huh, Shannon? Faith is substance. Listen to me. Faith is substance. If you believe, don't stop believing until what you're believing for happens. Oh, my God. See, that right there, that is a transitional teaching. That's going to take the words of the scriptures off of the pages and put them in your life. Right there. Because the word of God is alive, y'all. And what is written in that word, everything that's written in that word, it is for you to have. That word is substance. 
And the substance of the word has to become what our life look like. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Somebody say, I believe. I believe, God. Wow. Let me move this out of the way. listening to me. He don't want you to do that. First thing I'm going to do, first order of business. Come on up here. Oh yeah. This is our first order of business before I call anybody else. Let me tell you, now I'm going to tell you something. Stand up, Sister Cecile, Brother Don. I want to teach y'all something. This is her daughter. Okay? Now, this is what the word says. He said, the promise is to you, Sister Cecilia, Brother Don. He said, and to your children. You see what I'm saying? And to your children. What good is it for her and her husband to come into the house of God and experience the peace and the joy of God? And it don't pass. The first inheritance you need to give to your family is the promises of God. Before you leave them money, before you leave them wealth, before you leave an estate, leave them Jesus. That's why it's so hard for parents, the first generation Christians to stand because you are literally setting your whole bloodline up to be blessed by God. That's why he fights you so hard. Hallelujah.
He's going to fix you. He want to put you back together and make you whole. Listen, your life not over. It's not over for you. It's not over. It's not over. You believe God? You believe God can give you a future? You believe God can break this depression and this suicide that has been talking to you? Do you believe that today? You are just like the man that came paralyzed. And now you got people helping you carry your bed. But when I lay hands on you, you're going to feel the Spirit of God. But this is what's going to happen. When you feel the Spirit of God coming up on you, just receive it. You already know the way. Just receive it. And God is going to start breaking things, and he's going to free you today. Listen, every sin you've committed up to this point is forgiven. Every one of them. You received that? Every one of them. Every one of them is forgiven. Hallelujah. You ready to give your life to him? You ready to give your life to him? You ready to surrender to him? Lift up your hands to him. Say, Lord, I surrender. I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to follow you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, I as hallelujah, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, every spirit, every unclean, every foul spirit, every voice, everything you've been speaking to her, say. Come on, receive it. He already filling you up. You came ready. You came ready. Come on, let it flow. See, when you believe, it don't take long. Come on, let it flow. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost up on you. Yes, God. Yes, God. All the hurt, all the pain. Come on, let it flow. The Holy Ghost is taking it from you. Oh, yeah, it's you and Jesus right now. Come on, whom the Son of Man has set free. Who the Son of Man has set free. Every pain, every bondage, every addiction is broken. In Jesus' name. Come on, it's only the beginning. Come on, God giving you a new life. He's giving you a new start. A new future in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let him fill you up. 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 Yes, fill up, God. Fill up, God. Yes, Jesus. Come on, you at the feet of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every sin is forgiven you this day. And not only every sin, all the residue, all the damage going to be restored. 
Everything you touch, God going to bless it. The spirit of poverty is broken off of you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come on, you in surgery right now. Come on, God freeing you. Thank you. Come on, let it flow. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Come on, let her flow. Let her flow. Let her flow. Come on, let her flow. Let her flow. Come on, you don't know what somebody going through. Come on, let it flow. Come on, let it flow. This is the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. You're still pouring out your spirit. Oh, yes, God. Come on, cast your burden upon the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. to recommit your life to Christ. Before you come to this altar, God wants you to know you forgive him. But listen, not only are you forgiven, we've got to go a step further. All of the damage of sin, that's why Jesus was healing and doing miracles so much. Because all of the damage 
not only is he going to place you in the kingdom, but he want to fix you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm inviting you to the altar. If you, now listen, if you come up here and you have a sickness in your body, you're not leaving with it. I'm telling you that right now. You're not leaving with that. He said, by my stripes, you are healed. And listen, not only is God, even if you are healthy, if you are healthy, I told y'all we're going into a season of things you've never seen before. If you are a healthy person, but you have somebody in your family, somebody you know, a co-worker, somebody that you know have a sickness, at this altar, God is going to give you something to take back to them. Listen, when Jesus called his disciples to him, and he said, I give you power against unclean spirits to cast them out. He said, I'm giving you power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So even if you come to this altar and you're healthy, you're coming to receive something to take to somebody you may know that's not healthy. Oh. So I'm opening this altar up. Y'all come meet me at the altar and I'm going to pray and I want to lay hands on you. But come with faith, please. Brother Antoine, you're going to take something back that you can take home and lay hands on your spouse. This is so important. This is so important. Oh, my God. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Don't leave this altar today. Without getting your mirror, your power, the Holy Ghost, please. Somebody say, I believe. Oh. Father God, as we begin to lay hands on your people at this altar. Father God, we are believing you for miracles today. We are believing you, God, to pour out of your spirit today God God I'm believing you oh God that God everything oh God that's, that, that, that every deficiency every infirmity every disease among your people would be healed today God and not only for them but give them something to take back to their families to their co-workers, to their communities. Empower your people today. Anoint your church, God. God, every chain, God, every residue, God, every consequence of sin, you became a curse to free them that were under the curse. We believe in you today, Jesus. 
break every chain, every addiction. Pour out of your spirit, oh God. God, let no believer leave the way they came today, God. But I bind cancer today, God. Bind it in the name of Jesus, God. Yes, Lord. We believe, God. We believe, God. We believe, God. God, we believe, God. Move for my sister right now. Come on, sis. The Holy Ghost is all up on you. All you got to do is receive it. God, we believe you right now, God. Pour out of your spirit, God. God, you said in the last days, oh God, that you would pour out of your spirit upon all flesh. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, all you got to do today is believe. 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 Believe on the Lord Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus. All of your sins are forgiven you this day. Every sickness is healed. Every disease is rebuked in Jesus' name.
receive and say, Lord, I believe. Say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Feel me, Lord. Feel me, Lord. Feel me, Lord. Feel me, Lord. Come on, receive it. Come on, I can feel the Holy Ghost all up on you. Come on, that's God's spirit. You just got to let it in. Oh, yes, that's the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Feel the Lord God. Pour out of your spirit, oh God. Pour out of your spirit, oh God. Yes, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Let it flow. Yes, 
let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. Okay, I see what's going on. Stand up. Come on, I got to speak to some things right here. Come on. Come on, come stand up, stand up. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Bring her right here. We got her. 
Okay, y'all, hold on. We're going to do this like Jesus did. 